I'm good to go. Let's go. What are we doing? You know what we're doing. I do know what we're doing because I listened to our episode yesterday, so then I remembered what it was we were doing. Welcome to World 1 Stage 1, a classic video gaming podcast. Hello! Uh, we are your hosts, I am Simon. And I'm Jack. And we're here this week to talk about... It is Fallout, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is, excellent. Cool. <laughs> Which was your choice? It was. I've been told this. I'm not entirely sure if it's true or not. You listened to the podcast. I did. Um, I still think it may have been an impersonator. So, why did you choose Fallout then? Um, because, well, I think it was because we were talking about Grand Theft Auto last week. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty much, you know, old, well, not really old, but, you know, a, a very well-established gaming franchise, which has recently got a, um, well, in the case of Resident Evil, not really a revival, but it, it's current news in the gaming world yeah. at the moment. So, Grand Theft Auto 4, you've got Fallout 3, and I thought, oh, Fallout, it's definitely a classic gaming series. Let's go back and have a look at it and see why it is. Can't disagree with you there. Good. Good. So just to do the traditional sort of opening factoids, mm-hmm. it was developed by Black Isle yep. in 1997. Awesome games. Yep, very true. And it was published by Interplay, who were responsible for a lot of good games. Yeah. You've got a list there? Uh, well, I believe, just off the top of my head, they did the uh, Baldur's Gate series and the Star Trek series. Fair enough. And those are the ones I can remember off the top of my head. Of course, Interplay is sort of still around in a weird kind of a way. How so? Well, the latest rumour I heard is that they've sold the intellectual property of Fallout, obviously, so that Fallout 3 could be made. Mm-hmm. But they've licensed it back from Bethesda. Okay. Uh, and they've rehired... Uh, Jason Anderson, who was one of the original artists of the original Fallout, to work on an MMO. No. This is the rumour. Oh man, I would be so happy if this is true. I certainly cross my fingers for it myself. And mentioning Jason Anderson, of course, uh, he was one of the three founding fathers of Fallout, really. Mm-hmm. Along with Tim Kaine, who is often credited with creating Fallout. And Leonard Boyarsky. You're sure you've got that one pronounced correctly? I certainly hope I do. Yes. And the other interesting thing about those three people is they were also the founding fathers of something else. Troika Games. Ah. They worked on Bloodlines, for example. So they are the bug kings, then? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. But we forgive them because they make awesome games that are full of bugs. Yes, absolutely. Another interesting thing about Fallout, it was PC and Macintosh. That's... Awesome for you, of you, you of the Mac user, horrible <laughs> genus. I, I wish that would continue with Fallout Three, actually. But no, I've got a gaming PC. I'm perfectly happy with that. Fair enough. And interestingly enough, Fallout is still available commercially. The original Fallout game. The original Fallout game. Yep. 
It's available as a free game to gold members of the GameTap online service. Ah. And a site I'd never heard of before, discovered in research for this episode, GOG.com. GOG. GOG, yes. I assume it's GOG rather than GOG. Uh, sell it for $6. It's not bad. And I believe uh, Interplay themselves have, with Fallout 3, uh, reviving interest, have the collection back on sale, Fallout, Fallout 2, and Tactics. Sweet. Uh, so that's two good games. Yeah. And Tactics. I haven't played Tactics. I mean, I do have that... that um, the, the collection. The gaming pack, the collection. Yeah. And I've not played Tactics in the five years I've owned it. Yeah, I wouldn't feel too badly about that. Mm. Tactics isn't great. However, um, interestingly enough, the whole Fallout thing mm-hmm. kind of started as an homage to a game that came out way back in 1987. Mm-hmm, which was? It was called Wasteland. And it's a post-apocalyptic RPG. Ah. Although the storyline behind it was very, very different. Wasteland was about uh, the Americans building a space station. Called the Citadel, I believe. Uh, okay. And moments before it came online, there was a, a disaster... That sort of wiped out all the satellites in the sky. America was blamed. Nukes were launched. The World War was started. Wiped out the world. And Wasteland talks about a group who saw a local prison as the most shelter-like structure. Threw the prisoners out to die. And locked themselves up. Interesting, I like it. Then years later, they formed... Well, they emerged, blinking into the sunlight, to discover horribly mutated prisoners had taken over the deserts. And there were other survivors, being, uh, they were, I think they were Texan or Arizonan, but of that sort of frontier desert mentality, they formed the Desert Rangers (laughs) to go off and uh, make contact with other civilizations. And you may have noticed uh, Desert Ranger there, which is what Tycho refers to himself as in Fallout. Tycho is a Desert Ranger. Tycho? The Desert Ranger. I've not come across... Ah, fair enough, he's one of the NPCs you can find. Ah, okay. Uh, he is referred to as a Desert Ranger. It is a deliberate nod to Wasteland. Similarly, in Wasteland, there was something called... Which way around was it? It was Vax in Wasteland, and it became Zax in Fallout, mm-hmm. which has been referenced throughout the Fallout series. Uh, other references uh, in Wasteland, one of your weapons was a BB gun. Excellent. There was an enemy called the Shadow Claw, very similar to the Death, Death Claw. Claw. And my personal favourite nod is that the, the manual that you got with Wasteland, because this was back in the days of good manuals, Yeah, was entitled The Wasteland Survivor's Handbook. <laughs> awesome. So it continues to be referenced by modern Fallout games, which is rather cool. That is nice. Twelve years later, wow, Tim Kane released Fallout, which was a very, very cool game. Yeah, and very enjoyable. Yeah. I actually... Um, booted it back up the other night, knowing that we were going to do this, yeah. just to get through the intro. I'd forgotten how grim it was. The first thing you really see is the execution of an unarmed man by a, a man in power armor. Who then waves to the camera. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. It is highly dark. That's in the intro, which is, of course, accompanied by the ink spots. Oh, so very... What's the word? Um, iconic now, but that... Mm. that tune, that opening piano um, riff. Yeah, I don't know if it's the right word. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a musical man myself. but Well, of course, they wanted I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire for Fallout but and they, couldn't get it. They couldn't get it, so what was the one they settle for? In... I can't remember, but I am 
looking back at it, it mm-hmm. does the same trick of pulling out and out and out and revealing the desolated wasteland yep. and then echoing into infinity. I'm actually glad they had to wait for three to get I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire because the graphics of three really do justice to that revelation of the destroyed world. Absolutely, yeah. But yes, you start with the ink spots, as we know, and of course watching the uh, Radiation King TV on the <laughs> Galaxy News. Ah, uh, yes. Which even now has become... Galaxy News Radio. Yep. And I'd forgotten, actually. I, for some reason, my mind misplaced where this game came out, technological history speaking. Yeah. And I had forgotten it was quite as advanced as it was in terms of uh, CG full motion video cutscenes and um, voice acting. Really? Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten. I thought it was static artwork and text. I don't know why I'd put it more in the Monkey Island era. So I, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the overseer speaking to no, me. I, I remember it all specifically very much, yeah. Well, you've got to remember, I played this game when it came out, mm-hmm. and I played Fallout 2 when it came out, but I haven't really gone back to them much. Okay. Uh, I, actually, my first experiences of Fallout were somewhat frustrating. Really? Well, you know, it's entirely open-ended. Oh, com- yeah, absolutely. First time I played Fallout, I went through the opening, which uh, it's not a huge spoiler to talk about, well, it's the plot, really. Isn't it, it is the plot, where your overseer informs you that the water chip that is keeping your people alive in Vault 13 needs to be replaced. And you are the one chosen to go out wandering amongst the ruins of the world to find a new water chip. Yep, because every every uh, vault is issued with, well, more than one. They're issued with... Uh, they should be issued with more than one. Yours, however, was not. Ah. And the vault opens very dramatically... Something that you you get the feeling of grandeur from that, whether it's Fallout 3 or Fallout. Yeah. It feels like you're stepping out into the world for the first time. Although I think, again, Fallout 3, stepping straight out into the bright sunlight, has a little more effect than walking through the caves in Fallout. Because you are... Com- well, you, you do have the cave to begin with, the, the slight um, tunnels and stuff, but it's nothing mm. like the, the bits we have got to fight the rats yeah. at the beginning of Fallout 1. Yeah. Although you still get that wonderful bit of text, you know, your eyes look upon natural light for the first for time. time. I remember it well. And then I was presented with the world map. And I just went, whee! Because this was back when I was much younger. Mm-hmm. And I went, plot, what, plot? And started clicking. Ah. And the first place I came across was Necropolis. Brilliant, one of my favourite places. Well, it didn't go too well for me. No? No, because I wandered in there with my gun in hand. Wonder, 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 and was instantly surrounded by a dozen ghouls and battered to death. Hooray! <laughs> That was my first experience of Fallout. And a good time was had by all. So I had to rethink myself. I had to adapt to what kind of a game it is, because yeah. it's, in many ways, utterly unforgiving. In most ways, utterly unforgiving, really, yeah. It's very happy to put you up against an encounter you are not ready for. Yep. This is your own fault. Yep. You should probably run now. Absolutely. And you can run away. That is the saving grace. You can usually outrun, say, rad scorpions or whatever. Yeah. But it's got no no qualms at all just letting you wander into a situation that will get your ass killed. Oh, absolutely. And that was kind of new to me. I think it was kind of new to games. Yeah, you, you, were, you were used to games easing you in somewhat. Most games have a structure. Yeah. Level by level, stage by stage, yeah. what have you. This really doesn't. This is, it's all there for you to explore, hmm. and it's up to you how long you last. <laughs> Which, in a lot of our cases, was not very long. Not very long. Not when you wander straight into Necropolis with a gun. Yeah. Uh, Next time, however, I thought, 
there's this Vault 15 thing, maybe I'll go there. Yeah. And I actually discovered Shady Sands, and the plot started to actually develop for me. Yeah. And yeah, then I fell in love with the game once I got my head around what it was. Yeah. And I think that was the key. In a lot of ways, having talked about Grand Theft Auto last week, it was the first sandbox game. Really? Well, you are presented with the world, and given no more direction than that. Here is the world, you might think about going to Vault 15. Fair enough. But you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. You can leave your people to die. Yes, you can. Actually, that is one of the things about this game. You can leave your people to die and still complete the game. Really? Oh, yeah. I've, I've never tried it, to be honest. I've always taken the water chip back. Well, this is where we have to give a spoiler warning. Okay, yep. I think we're going to talk about this game with spoilers, aren't we? We are, because it's... It's you... a 1997 game. Right, If you this is, this is the one I'm going to give to people, right? If you haven't played Fallout or Fallout 2 yet, go out and... Buy, <laughs> right, pause this. Go out, buy it, play it... Then start listening to this again, and then you won't, you won't mind about the spoilers. Absolutely. I mean, it is a game that can be spoiled for you, so I'm being very upfront about saying we are going to spoil this game. Yes. Because we've both played it. Most of the audience, I expect, has played it. Yes. Because it is one of the <clears throat> classics of video gaming. But if you haven't, do it. Yeah. If you haven't, our pricey review is you should. Yes. That's all you need to know. The very short review is do it now. Yeah. Now, on to the spoilers. Because I'm going to go straight for the big ones. Okay. Um you don't have to return the water chip within 150 days. You have 500 days to eliminate the super mutant threat. And actually, that is the plot. Oh. That is the challenge of the game, is eliminating the super mutant threat. Hmm. You can ignore your people completely. You can let them die. It will have no effect on the gameplay. It's just made the game so much easier for me. In a lot of ways, it really does. But a lot of people obviously do. Yeah. Because that's what you're told when you go out there, but it's almost an incidental reason for you to jump into the plot. Obviously, we need to talk a bit about that super mutant threat. Yeah. And why don't you tell people about the threat? Well, I would, but I've never completed Fallout 1. Oh, have you never finished it? I've never finished it. I I can't get past certain parts of this game. Specifically, um, the moor. Was it the moor? The the crater? the... The glow. The glow, that was it. Other than just, there are super mutants roaming around. Mostly, you know, one or two, you'll find yeah. them out in, the, out in the wastes, and they'll gun you down most of the time. But, as far as I know, they are getting organised. There is something running the super mutants. Yes. Uh, the, about the most I found out from this plot is when I was captured by super mutants, and dunked in some sort of chemical waste and turned into a super mutant. The forced evolutionary virus. Yeah. At which point I received bad end... <laughs> and, and saw the vault getting destroyed. Mm. Well, the plot is mm. to find out who that person is running the show. Okay. And finishing them. And that something is the master. Right. Himself a res- result of forced evolution. Okay. Now, what's he like then? Uh, horrible. Right. Arrogant. Excellent. And very true to Fallout. Right. Uh, can be defeated in so many ways as is the Fallout way. Yep. One of them, you can simply talk him out of it. Well, you can show him the error of his plan. Yeah. And he just gives up. You must be very lucky and very charismatic, though. It's actually down to intelligence and Uh, charisma. Because you have to see the flaw yourself before you can speak about it. I love the depth of this game. I mean, for its time especially. Hmm. It was more a writing challenge than anything else, I suspect, because the complexity of the dialogue trees based on your skills and everything. Yeah. Which, actually, let's let's talk about that for a moment. 
because of course this is a game that was meant to be based on the GURPS role-playing system at some point back in time. This is this is news to me, that is. I believe it's original working turtle. Uh, turtle? That's fantastic. <laughs> That's one of the best misspeaks I've ever made. I'm sorry, but original working turtle is... <laughs> right, we've got to find if there's, if there's a game system like that. I want to hear it. I want to make it up if it doesn't exist already. The original working title Little. was Fallout, a GURPS post-nuclear role-playing game. Okay. But somewhere along the lines, and I wasn't involved, I can't tell you exactly, but they lost the license to use GURPS or decided against it. Right. I don't know why. What I do know is they had to come up with their own system, and thus Special was born. And I do love the Special system. Special is so-called because it is based on the attributes of strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, and, and luck. luck. The best stat in any roleplay system ever. Oh, yes. You want a high luck. In fact, a high luck can more or less make up for anything else. Mm-hmm. More or less. More or less. The less part. <laughs> <laughs> and once you've done the fundamental attributes of your character, of course, you pick your skills. Mm-hmm. Now, the skills actually vary from game to game, and not just the Fallout games. There were other games based on the special system. Really? Yep. I've not come across any. A couple. There was a fantasy game, and I'm not sure what the other one was, but yeah, there were a couple of other games based on the special. Okay. However, the universal skills that you will find in more or less every special game are small guns, and big guns, energy weapons, unarmed, melee, and throwing. Yep. Those are your fighty skills. And then... Actually, these are just the Fallout skills. I know some of these are universal and some of them are not. Yeah. But ignore me. But these are the Fallout ones. Yeah. Then there's the things you can do, active skills. Right. And those are things like, of course, first aid, doctor, sneak, lockpick, steel, traps, science, repair, and, oh, first aid, of course. Uh, medicine, yeah. Because the difference between first aid and medicine, wasn't it? I said doctor. First aid and doctor. Oh, that was it, yes. Yeah. And uh, then there are the sort of passive skills, always on, always in effect. Speech, barter, gambling. Yeah. And outdoorsman. Was outdoorsman an always one? Or... Yeah, that was an always active one. I cannot remember its actual effect because I never took it, because I never cared. <laughs> but they're just the passive, always on effects. Yeah. Traits. Ah, no, traits is where I have them listed to universal to special and exclusive to Fallout. Right. The, the universal traits that are in all of the special games, fast metabolism, right. finesse, gifted, good-natured, heavy-handed, one-handed, skilled, small frame, and those are in all special games. Yeah. You're starting to get a sense for the depth of the game as well. Uh, and then there's unique to Fallout, bruiser, Chem-reliant, chem-resistant, fast-shot, jinxed, kamikaze, night-person, and my personal favourite, bloody mess. Ev are just such a good... It's also the only one that didn't have a downside. Yep, that's true. There was no catch to bloody mess. It didn't have much of an upside, game mechanic-wise. Well, it didn't really have anything game mechanic-wise. Yeah. (laughs) But these would affect things like, um, for example... Uh, which one was it? Finesse would give you increased critical hits. Yeah. For example. And but Night lower, Person... Was it fin- increased critical hits, but you do less damage with Less damage, weapons. but you are more likely to do a critical. Yeah. Night Person, which gave you bonuses during the night. But penalties during the day. 
chem-reliant, which meant you got a better effect from using chems. But you were more easily uh, addicted. And you got downsides when you weren't taking them. And the opposite, chem-resistant. You couldn't be... You couldn't get addicted, and your downsides were lower from using chems, but you didn't get the benefit either. Yeah, they they healed you less, for example. And so on. Um, You know, you can imagine what a lot of them do, such as heavy-handed. Yeah, makes you a harder hitter. Or one-handed, which gives you an extreme bonus in the one hand, but penalties with the off-hand, or anything using two hands. Then, of course, there's the perks, which I do not have a list of because there are so damn many. So damn many. They're so fun. But suffice to say, like many role-play games, this is a game of levels, experience and levels. It is and a I, role-play game. It is. Yeah. It, that's the staple thereof. I believe the experience, uh, well, sorry, the perks were on a one-to-one basis with levels. You got one every level, I believe. Uh, perks or perks? In Fallout One, it was every three levels. Um, you could take a. Um... I thought that was a tagged skill increase. No, no, no. There was uh, you got a perk once every three levels, but there was a certain uh, what's it called at the beginning? Uh, the character quirk things. Oh yes, the quirks. Um, you, there was a certain one of those you could take that meant that you got more skill points, but you only got a perk every four levels rather yeah. than every three levels. Yes, I believe that was highly skilled. That may be it. Yeah. Mm. Yes, but the perks give you all sorts of bonuses that can be. Very, very random. Mm-hmm. Or extremely helpful. Oh, An- yeah. Animal friendship is always one I take. Yeah. Which basically means that random animals out in the world won't attack you. You are an animal person. Which cuts down on the uh, random encounters, something chronic. That means you'll, get less li- you'll be less likely to get poisoned, which is very useful. Oh, extremely helpful, because rad scorpion poisoning was a big deal in Fallout. Yep. And can you think of any other perks off the top of your head? I never lived long enough to really get many <laughs> perks, so... I'm sure people are familiar with them from Fallout 3 now. There's yes, a, there Of are. course, the new list in Fallout 3. A lot of the ones in Fallout 3 did make appearances in Fallout 1 and 2. Quite a lot, especially the high-level ones. Mm. But yes, this is a game of extreme depth, because once you've got your stats, your skills, your quirks, which are sort of like perks, but at character creation... And have downsides. Yep. And then you start taking perks with your levelling up as well as advancing your skills, you're not going to have a chance in this game to become good at everything. No way. And you shouldn't try. And you that will is, not win. That is one of the keys to Fallout. It is a game of specialisation. Yep. And there are many ways to finish it. This is not a game where you have to take combat skills to win. It makes it easier. Yep. A lot easier. But you can do everything through diplomacy. Everything through larceny. Except uh, random encounters. Almost every random encounter that is combat-based you can run away from. Yeah. So the game, you can still finish without the combat skills. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, in the early days of the game when you're not strong enough, running from red scorpions is a very good idea and you will outrun them. And you don't get slower as the game progresses. No? No, if anything, you're going to get faster because your stats are going to go up. Oh, yes. So generally, run away is a good, good plan. Yeah. Especially in lower levels. Well, yes, you have to run away from just about everything. Yep. Rats, which is great so. until you run into raiders who have guns. Bullets travel faster than people. Yes, they do. It's realistic like that. <laughs> but the general plot, then, seeing as you've not got there... Right, go ahead. ...is, well, the introductory part of the plot is you first of all encounter the town of Shady Sands. Yeah. A small, peaceful settlement. And this is where you can pick up your first NPC. This is one of the great things about Fallout, of course, is 
some of the characters you meet along the way. Yes. You meet Ian, the mercenary, who, for a small fee, can be persuaded to come along and help you out. I don't you know can... I ever did hire him, actually. Yeah. Or he would never come with me, I, I forget. Well, you could also talk him into coming for a share of the loot. If you didn't have the money to hire him right away, there were a couple of ways to get hold yeah. of him. That may have been one of the bugs that was introduced. The English language version of this game is highly buggy, more so than the rest. Right. What you want is there is a patch made by fans mm-hmm. that will put children back in. How do you mean? Well, you may have noticed wandering around Fallout, there were no children. That is true. There were in the original. It was censored in this country. Because one of the things you could do, because it was pure free will, kill children. And they didn't like that. That is completely banned in this country as a depiction in computer games. Because there was a one of the labels you could be given, whether you wanted it or not, was child killer. Right. Which completely affected your game. People would not talk to you, did not like you, bounty hunters would come after you. It made the game extremely difficult. So yeah. obviously the game didn't encourage violence against children or glorify it in any way. But it allowed it. But it allowed it, because the defining principle of Fallout was you get to decide what your character does. Yeah. You are playing a role. But the British censors decided that even with such a stiff penalty against it, it still couldn't allow child killing to be seen. Fair enough, yeah. So took that out of the game. However, patching it out of the game led to some inadvertent bugs appearing. Right. With characters whose dialogue was dependent on whether or not you were a child killer. When that system was removed, it had no basis for deciding. Right. So you would lose dialogue options that would otherwise be there, and some of them were necessary. So it's actually a broken game. Right. In the English release, and in the German release. Same thing. Yeah, I can imagine that would be it. But there are patches that will put them back. Right. And restore your ability to kill them as well. Hmm. So if you feel like you're being a little... You need to be a little bit grim in your... uh... Well, I would say patch it whether or not you want to be a child killer. Yeah. Because it fixes the game. Yes. And that's important. Because this is not the kind of game where you want to invest the time to get nearly to the end and then find out you've broken it. I'll drink to that. But yes, you arrive in Shady Sands. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the key things you can find here is rope. Rope is useful. Rope is extremely useful for the next place you're going to go. But whilst you're in Shady Sands, you just you start to get used to the interaction, talking to people, yeah. and learning a little bit about the game. You discover the existence of the hub. You discover the existence of Junk Town. And, of course, you discover the existence of rad scorpions. Those bastards. Now, you should be able to go to the rad scorpion cave, uh, caves and kill them at this point. Yeah. And the trick is to have Ian with you. Right. He's a much higher combat level than you are. Yeah, that probably explains why I couldn't finish the rad scorpion caves. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's so much useful. Uh, so, so much useful. So much more useful to have Ian along. Yeah. And stand back and let him do the job for you. Okay. Then... You can take the tails back to the doctor at Shady Sands and get some anti-venom made, which is extremely helpful. Oh, yes. Now, that's pretty much it. Off you go to Vault 15. You discover Vault 15. It's already been cracked open, desolate and decayed. There's an elevator shaft. You're going to need rope to get down here. Yep. Good thing you found some in Shady Sands. Or if you didn't, you have to go back and start looking for it. And then you descend into Vault 15. Right. You don't get a lot out of, it has to be said. Mostly it's a bit of an XP fest. It's a... Early in the game, dungeon run. Yeah. In the old style. So not discovering anything of particular use. Back to Shady Sands, where you discover... Oh, I can't remember her name. There's a... The mayor's daughter has oh, been kidnapped. yes. Yes. By um, raiders. Yeah. And that's your first experience with raiders. Again, there is an entirely diplomatic solution to yeah. that mission. If you sneak in, lockpick the door and let her out, 
You can do it without a single fight. Hmm. Although most of us will wander into the raider camp and challenge the leader of the raiders to a fight. Uh, mm. Or kill all of the raiders. Yeah, that, that was something of an accident. I kind of wandered you in were, there. You were armed, weren't you? I was armed. They said put the gun away. So as I was putting my gun away, they then started attacking me. I wasn't fast enough, apparently. Yes, this is a game where what you have equipped at any one time is vitally important. People react differently to you whether you are armed or unarmed. And this is why my character has 90% in unarmed. (laughs) It's extremely handy for those times when they get the drop on you. The way you should do it is wander into the camp unarmed and go and see the leader and he will challenge you to a test of strength and you fight him unarmed one-on-one. Right. It's not a hard fight. Nowhere near as hard as, say, walking in with a gun equipped and having to kill all the raiders. Yes. Which is great for XP. And for gaining ammo, actually. You use less ammo killing them than you do gaining off them. That's true. They are quite an item harvest. But it takes a lot longer to do it that way. And the uh, bandit leader usually goes off and executes the the kid you're there to rescue. Which is a problem. Yeah. So that's certainly one way of doing it. But this is what we mean about it being a multi-path game. Mm. Because losing her doesn't actually affect your ability to complete the game. It just means that Adna... The head of Shady Sands, I believe that's his name, doesn't like you very much. Yeah. Because you didn't save his daughter. Or if you go back and talk to him in my game, he does. He just keeps telling you to go back there. So, or that. But she's dead. That was the dialogue <laughs> option. So. Again, very buggy game. It is a bit of a buggy game, but you can forgive it, and do forgive it. Yes. But yes, from this sort of little introductory moments yeah. of Shady Sands and the Raider Camp and... That most players will uh, remember. It's designed that that will be what you first encounter, because the first random encounter in the game isn't random. No? No. As If you click on Vault 15 and you head straight there with mm-hmm. the auto-walk, because we ought to explain navigation in this game between areas, works where you get a top-down world map yep. that is revealed as you explore. And the, you also have quick travel locations. Once you discover them, they become indexed on the side of the map, and you can click on it to walk straight there. Yeah. In a sort of Indiana Jones dotted red line style. What you're meant to do at the start of the game is fast travel to Vault 15. Yes. Because that's what you've been told to do. And on the way, you will pretty much guaranteed, I think it's absolutely guaranteed, have an encounter with a caravan of traders heading to Shady Sands. Okay. Now, that either gets you to Shady Sands straight away, because they say you can travel with us if you like, Mm -hmm. or when you realise you can progress no further at Vault 15, it gives you something to do. It tells you, that, oh, well, I obviously can't get any further here. What's that Shady Sands place? What's that Shady Sands place that I, I heard tell about? And it gets you to Shady Sands. Yep. But once that little introductory section is completed, you're pretty much free to go wherever you want at that point. Yeah. And the most likely places to go, because you know where they are, are Junktown or The Hub. Right. Which are basically the two sort of civilised areas in the game. Yeah. Um, so off you go to Junktown or the hub where if you go to Junktown of course you will meet Mayor Killian mm-hmm. who as I mentioned earlier is voiced by Richard Dean, Dean, uh, Richard Dean Anderson uh, just one of the celebrities voicing in this game <laughs> the other one of course being Ron Perlman who I we only found this out after Fallout 3 wasn't it that he's been doing the intros for, for all of the games for all of them hmm. he's been with it from the start which is fantastic and those are sort of traditional RPG-type towns. You get lots of quests, meet lots of people, and basically you're introduced to the bulk of the plot. Yeah. And eventually you'll find quests that send you off to the main locations in the game, such as the Glow, 
which, yes, is the remnants of the research centre where things like power armour were first developed. Mm -hmm. And from the wreckage of which arose the Brotherhood of Steel and uh, Mariposa military base, which is where super mutants were created. Ah, which is where you'll find more plot again. The forced evolutionary virus was created there. And, uh, yes, again, more plot. And, of course, what it's driving you towards, ultimately, is the cathedral, which is the cover for the master. Right. Who is in charge, basically, of the mutant uprising. He's a very evil character in his history. And unpleasant kind of a person. It's literally a cathedral on top of a vault. Not a vault that is part of the vault network. It is not a numbered vault. But it is a vault. I believe it was originally built by Vault-Tec as a technical demonstration of how a vault would work. It's of how a vault would work, trying to sell the idea to the government. Right. So it's a secret vault. It's Vault Zero. It's a secret vault from which the Master is coordinating operations. Mm, and that's okay. the ultimate goal of the game. Not to return the water chip, but to infiltrate the Master's vault and bring down the super mutant attacks on the vaults. Okay. And one of the things about this game is you've, you've had the bad ending. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had the bad end. But even the good ending, in inverted commas... Is not that good. No, it's... I know I know of the good ending, mm. but yeah. It is a tradition of the Fallout games that the endings are ambiguous, shall yeah. we say. Yeah, very much so. Uh, what has been come to know, be known in some circles as a Jack ending. Hey, <laughs> I'm famous. Aren't you just? Uh, so, it's uh, 500 days is the time limit before the super mutant attack on the vaults that will destroy them. Unless you download the patch of Fallout 1.1. Yes, which uh, you discovered, but were incorrectly informed about. Yes, it has been um, listed as giving you an infinite time limit on removing the super mutant threat. However, Uh, this is not true. It's not infinite. Nope. Uh, Because you have 500 days in the original game, or, in fact, you can... Through your actions in the game, you can artificially reduce that to 400. By you telling can... the water merchants about uh, your about Vault 13. Yes. Which gives you more time... For the water chip. For the water chip. It gives you an extra 100 days, but it takes time away from... 100 days. Yes. So ah. it gives you 250 days to find the water chip, but only 400 days to save the vaults. Uh, which is a lot more difficult, so don't yes. tell the merchants. Uh, well, the thing is, you're not supposed to know it'll fuck you over. Ah. You know it'll gain you 100 days. You don't know it'll lose you 100 days overall. Yep. But of course, in a game as expansive as Fallout, where there are so many locations to visit, so many quests to do, so many side quests to do, so many random encounters, mm. people were saying 500 days, as much as that sounds, is actually quite limiting. Yeah. So the patch removed the time limit. However, it didn't completely remove the time limit it just gave you more time before the super mutant attack hmm. specifically it changed 500 days into 24 years just let me do some number crunching here <laughs> it's quite a lot more days so it changes it from 500 days to 8760 days which is a fair few more Yeah, and almost enough time to explore everything Fallout has to offer almost <laughs> I'm sure with the random encounters actually you still wouldn't get everything. Mm. And I think that's probably... We've probably covered Fallout by now. Yeah. Apart from saying 
what these random encounters are. Yes, because a lot of RPGs have random encounters, but Fallout does it in a very special way. Yes, I mean, we've mentioned you can encounter a trade caravan, or uh, indeed rad scorpions. Or raiders. But you can also encounter the TARDIS. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, or a crashed alien spaceship. With a, was it a black velvet painting of Elvis? That's right. And of course the alien blaster. Yes. And it's this is where they get the homages in. This is where they get the humour in, is in the random encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Monty Python's Black Knight. Uh, yes, and there was another one in uh, Fallout 2, I remember. Is this the Brotherhood members looking for the Holy Hand Grenade? It's not. It's the Bridge Keeper. Excellent. Have you not come across this one? No, I've not come across the Bridge Keeper. It is my favourite of the random encounters. I was just wandering along <laughs> and saw a little, little um, green circle with an arrow inside it, which means you found yes. something. And it's like, so there's no settlement. So I go to it and there's a bridge. And on the side of the bridge that I'm on is a man wearing a purple robe. <laughs> who says, Stop! What is your name? And you can answer with your name. Yeah. You can answer with the chosen one. Yeah. In Fallout 2, you are the chosen one. You are one. the chosen one, yes. Or a lie. You can answer with something that isn't your name. If you answer with what isn't your name, you just explode and die. <laughs> if you give him the right answer, he moves on to question two. What is your purpose? Which is, A, you got to find the Garden of Eden creation kit. Which is your purpose. Uh, B, to um, save my people. Which is also your purpose. Also your purpose. Uh, or C... And again, some other lie. And save my people is also your purpose in Fallout 1, so it's a continuity. Yeah. And, if you again, if you lie, explode and die. If you tell him the next question, he goes on to the third question. Now, the, I've noticed that this changes. And I don't know if it's luck, but it's every other time you play it, you go through this scenario. Yeah. He will then either ask you, what is your favourite colour? And no matter what answer you give him, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, or he will ask you a question on game mechanics, such as, what are the prerequisites for the uh, gun specialist perk. <laughs> and you can either answer with a proper answer, like, you know, you need uh, eight um, agility. Yeah. Or you need at least 17 small arms. Or you can say, do you mean skill or attribute? <laughs> at which point you'll get very confused and explode. Excellent. And you can take his robes. There is also a group, as I said, of Brotherhood of Steel soldiers looking for the Holy Hand Grenade. I'm thinking the developers oh, were big Monty Python fans. Yeah. So, we've covered the... Storyline, we've covered the mechanics. Yep. More or less, actually. We haven't spoken about action points. Yes. If you are new to Fallout, it is something that will confuse you when you first start playing. It's turn-based, but it's not. Yes. When you enter into combat, you have a number of action points to spend per turn. Moving costs action points. Opening your inventory costs action points. Shooting someone in the face takes action points. Exactly. And it's to limit what you can do and can't do, mm-hmm. basically. More agile characters will have more action points. Harder-hitting characters will have less action points, but when they use them, you know. Exactly. It's an interesting mechanic. It's. I'm not sure if it's... It's not quite unique. It's not unique, but it's out. very rare amongst games. It is rare in these kinds of games, and it does confuse people at first. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we've discussed the mechanics, we've discussed... Sort of broadly the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I, this all comes together really for me in... There was a blog I used to read, mm-hmm. uh, still do occasionally, called Brainy Gamer. Great blog. And the guy is a teacher. I'm not sure what he teaches, but for some reason he has a class of students playing video games. I want him as my teacher. I know, I want to be in that class. It sounds awesome. But uh, he... Got them playing Fallout. Right. And their reactions are very interesting, the students' reactions. Yeah. At first, they just didn't get it at all. 
like what I was saying, when I first left the vault, when I first played, mm-hmm. and I was completely overwhelmed by this freedom of choice that isn't there in other games. There isn't a tutorial. There isn't a first level. Yeah. And so many of the students, because they are modern day gamers, were like, I, I don't get it. I, I'm not a match for these people. I can't kill them all. Uh, I keep getting owned. And the rad scorpion, uh, scorpions are handing my ass to me. What, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, you're not really doing anything wrong. You're just not playing smart. <laughs> they didn't get it. And the other thing was, uh, it's wonderful, he posts some comments that students made in the forum for the class talking about it. And one of them is like, it's only after playing a game this old you realise how good it is to have things that you need to interact with glow. <laughs> <laughs> I see exactly where he's coming from because, God, the first time I was in Vault 15, it mentions as you go in there is a wall locker just like in your own vault. Yep. I couldn't fucking find it. <laughs> Everything I clicked on said the computer is broken, the monitor is broken, this chair is broken. I'm like, where's this wall locker gone? <laughs> Somebody's mean that's not broken. <laughs> Uh, and basically, all of his students, mm-hmm. modern-day gamers, threw up their hands in disgust and didn't want to play Fallout. Oh. It was too much for them. They didn't get it. It was old-fashioned. It was isometric. It was action-pointy. More isometric means more better good. <laughs> then the teacher announced that, well, we're, we're talking about Fallout. When Fallout 3 comes out, because this was around the time it was being trailed on TV and everything, yeah. we'll be playing that. And the whole class was like, awesome, wow, yeah, modern Xbox game, I know what that is, woo! Very, very kind of expected response. Yeah. But then they went away for summer holidays. But before they went for the summer holidays, he told them, keep playing Fallout. One of the conditions, I think he made it a condition of playing Fallout 3, was that they really gave a go of Fallout. Or Fallout 2, some had one, some had the other. Yeah. And he told them just before they go... Honestly, you have to work for it. You have to dig deep to find it. But in there is the best RPG you'll ever play on a computer. And he noticed over the summer holidays something weird started to happen. What's that? Posts started appearing on the forum of people saying, Wow, this bit's awesome. This is amazing. Who's tried this? Who's done that? (laughs) And people discussing how good the game really was. They started getting it. They understood action points, finally. Yeah. And they got the difference that the quirks made. And they were starting to build characters that made sense to them and play it their way and play it the way Fallout wants you to play it, smart. And they were starting to have a lot of fun with it. And when they came back from the summer holidays, having noticed this change in mentality, he said to them, okay, so who's looking forward to Fallout 3 then? And he found the most interesting response. This class full of people who've gone, woo, yay, woo, saying, they can't do this game now, they'll ruin it. (laughs) Oh, man. So they suddenly had the old hardcore Fallout game a response to Fallout 3 because someone had kicked their ass to make them try and enjoy the first one. Yeah. Which was inevitably wrong because we know that Fallout 3 is awesome. Fallout 3 is awesome. We're fans of the original games and we love Fallout 3. Absolutely. Uh, it is, it's not Fallout. It's, it's, it's not the same different. game. No. It's very different. It is hugely different. But at the same time... You can still enjoy it. If you made a game now that was an isometric, special, action point-based game now... Very few people would buy it. It would be a niche market, and it would extremely limit what you could do with storytelling, given how computer game technology has moved on. In a way, you can release a game of that viewpoint now with modern graphics and get away with it. Just look at Diablo. Yeah. But I personally really like the immersion of the 3D fallout. absolutely. I just think it would be kind of a novel thing to do. It would be quite interesting to see, at least. Mm-hmm. And what you wouldn't get if they did release it in that sort of uh, feel. That's... Yeah. Which is so visceral and satisfying. So fun! <laughs> and I think 
a much better idea than action points. Yeah. I love the original, don't get me wrong. Mm. I think it was a brilliant game at its time, but there's a reason I played it when it came out and haven't played it since. Yeah. It is a classic, it's a very fond memory, but I've not really gone back to it. Yeah. Although I have to say, after installing it for this, mm-hmm. and playing through the first couple of levels again, I think I am going to push to finish it again. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to try and push to finish it the first one. This is the thing. This 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 podcast has now made me think, right, I'm going to go back. I'm going to play through Fallout. I'm actually going to complete Fallout. Then I'm going to load up Fallout 2 again. I'm going to play <laughs> through that. And then I'm either going to go back to 360 and start playing Fallout 3 again. You might have a go at Tactics. I might have a go at Tactics. <laughs> uh, or I may just re-download Sanitarium. <laughs> and play through that. That was another fun isometric game, but it's not Fallout. But no, if you if you if you go into Fallout and you like Fallout, and you want to try something else in this, this sort of style that isn't you know Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, other Black Art things. Go for Sanitarium. A lot of fun. Yes, yeah, not one I've ever played myself. Very creepy. It unsettled me deeply. <laughs> I believe Van Bruen which was Black Isle's attempt was at Fallout 3, was non-isometric. a 3D non-isometric game. The original developers were going the same direction with it. Yeah, it was the Baldur's Gate 3 proposed engine, actually. Yeah, more or less. Um, uh, which then, again, fell down, so... Sadly. So, you know, anyone who's saying, oh, I'm a purist, I want it done the original Black Isle way, well, they were going this direction with it anyway. Yeah. So it's a bit unfair to judge Bethesda for actually having the money to make the game that... Yeah. I, okay, it's not the game that Black Isle would have made. No. But it is a Fallout game. Yep. And in fact, it was one of the original creators, one of the three I mentioned at the top of the mm-hmm. podcast, was interviewed about whether he was having any input on the Bethesda game. Yeah. And he said no. They said, yeah, so you think they don't want to you know, be true to Fallout? And he basically said, no, I think if they're going to spend the money to buy the IP, I think they want to make a Fallout game. I think it's as simple as that. They're obviously fans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we've got is true to the Fallout world. Yeah. There's enough back-referencing and humour, and I think it was kind of a very respectful mark of the game that they set it, it could at have a different so time. It fucked over, but mm. it wasn't. And they very deliberately set it at a different time, and on the other side of the country... Yeah. The original games. They basically said, hands off, we're not touching that. That's Fallout, that's canon, that's, you know, that's sacrosanct. Yeah. This is our story over here. Hmm. They didn't try and interfere with the continuity in any way, which I feel is the best way they could have done it. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, that leaves LA untouched and unaltered, ready for the new MMO. Which will be fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, I, I've been burnt by so many MMOs in the past, <laughs> but... I honestly you don't think like any MMO, do you? Uh, not that currently exists. No. Yet I've played them all. <laughs> I mean, Anarchy Online doesn't exist anymore, so... Well, yes, it does. But not to the degree of... No, it's kind of... Um, it's been degraded by being made a free-to-play game, in yeah. a way. It's the developers have sort of gone hands-off with it. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't like it a huge amount at the time. It was just novel. Yeah. Uh, it's... I was certainly playing it in beta and the night before it went live having a huge game stopping bug in it that was introduced the night before it went live certainly put me off the game yeah uh, yeah I mean I do tend to beta test or play just about every MMO that comes along and not one has none them. have yeah. got me to stay, stay with them as it is I mean the old Star Wars Galaxies if it was still around in its original state I would still be playing I can honestly say that so let's do a little a, a thought for the day on this Topic. Should we go back to the good old days of MUDs? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> MUDs were kind of awesome uh, for what they were. Yeah. 
but the strength of the Fallout series, to my mind, has always been the storytelling. Oh, yeah. And that's something you don't lose in Fallout 3. No. I would true. personally say. I think it still tells a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. There's some brilliant characters. And uh, there's, of course, DLC. Oh, yes, yes. Operation Anchorage is out. Yep. Uh, the pit is coming. Uh, the Well, the, the God of Eden creation kit is available. Yep. So I want to start seeing some mods coming out of people. No, definitely. There probably will be a mod to make it isometric, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I need to check, look this up. Yeah, that, actually, that's quite interesting, because that would be easy to do, because the 3D is already there. Mm. It's just a matter of fixing the viewpoint. I, I wonder if someone has done that. Listeners, if no one's done that, and you've got the game, <laughs> and you're smarter than me, which... Yeah. Um, do it, please. Pretty please. We will give you, like, thanks on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And everyone will love you online because a lot of hardcore Fallout fans would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> be a simultaneous nerdgasm. You, you, you can be the, the internet Jesus. Well, the Fallout the community Fallout Jesus. Jesus. The Fallout Jesus. The Super Mutant Jesus. Oh, I've got some fan art ideas in my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, a Super Mutant Jesus. Yeah. That's bothering me deeply. Fighting Raptor Jesus. No. Because he'll lose. Yeah. Raptor Jesus is also... What's up? Super mutants are inferior. Yeah, it's true. They do die easy. Yeah. But one of them carries the board of education. <laughs> yeah. And he still need to find that, but I, I really want to. We're trailing off, aren't we now? We kind of are trailing off. But this is the effect of Fallout. It is. Uh, there is so much that... Wow. You have war stories to tell, uh, <laughs> and it's shared experiences. And people who played Fallout can share these experiences. Mm-hmm. There are moments that they will remember and share in kind. Uh, and it, because of the depth of the game, as I've continued to stress throughout, this is one of the most complicated, broad-reaching games I've ever played. It's certainly one of the most open-ended games. I mean, I think it's part of the reason Bethesda picked it up. Yeah. Fallout, one of the most open-ended games ever. Morrowind. Yes. My God, I've still not found everything in Morrowind, and I've been playing it since release. So there is no doubt that the two creative drives between Black Isle and Bethesda had a similar kind of impulse of making these whole world experiences. Yeah. And because of that depth, and because of the way all these little things that you may or may not find change depending on who you are, uh, different people will experience the same thing differently. Yeah. And it's a shared experience, but you can then observe the different ways you experienced it. So you've been to the same place, you've spoken to the same people and done the same quest, but come out of it with vastly different experiences. Yeah. Which is a big deal. It's what make, It's one of the things of a fantastic, an absolutely fantastic game. This really, really immersive story. I mean, other games we were talking about will probably share a lot of things uh, in common with Fallout and the sort of in-depth storyline with yep. decision-making, that sort of stuff. Yep. But we'll have to see when we get there. We will. Speaking of which, what are we going to do next week? I don't know. What are we going to do next week? Well, I chose this one and, and kind of fucked it up, really, because you've done most of the research <laughs> and most of the talking. So, well, I, I kind of assumed when you picked it that you'd finished it. That was my mistake. Yeah, well, this is... I. You could probably count the amount of video games I've ever finished. No, you can't. <laughs> the, uh, count to zero. Um, I don't think I've ever finished a vi- Mass Effect. I've finished Mass Effect. Yes, you have. And before I did. Yes. Long before I did. Yes. Uh, That's about it. You see, I'm actually kind of the same way these days. I tend not to finish a lot of games. Mm. Uh, it's, it's sort of how I measure a classic. Have you finished it? Yeah. Did it actually inspire me to finish it? Which, on those grounds, I suppose Penny Arcade Adventures does qualify, but <laughs> then they are also short. Yes. Which is another reason why I managed to finish them. My, my problem with Fallout was it, it wasn't that it didn't inspire me to finish it, it's just that I couldn't finish it, it was too difficult. Yeah, finishing Fallout is not a case of not wanting to, it's a case of... I'm going to stop playing now, otherwise <laughs> I'm going to have a brain blast of anger. 
it's such an epic game in terms of its scope. It's a marathon endurance to Absolutely. finish it. Uh, which, you know, a lot of people say they miss from Fallout 3, but I thought Fallout 3 was a, a, a well-paced story. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So, if you come out of this thinking, right, I really want to go out and play Fallout now, we're glad. Yeah, it's a good idea. Excellent idea. And uh, Fallout 2, which... local retailers. We haven't mentioned Fallout 2 a great deal, uh, but it's not because it's not very good. It's because fact, there's so much my, Fallout to talk about. It's actually my... Um, preference in Fallout 1 and 2 I do prefer Fallout 2 I would agree with you Uh, and it's you know it's a related story however we didn't have enough time to talk about both today so we've mostly layered on the Fallout 1 but it's by every means a recommendation of Fallout 2 as well if you can buy if you can buy the collection which I think is the only way you can get it these days no you can as I said for GOG you can get it for $6 I cannot I cannot think of a good reason not to yeah the only good reason not to is I already own the games. If yes. you do not own the games, go go buy them because I believe, please, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe GOG downloads are also DRM free. Yes, I looked that up as well. Fantastic. Then there's absolutely no good argument not to do this. Go ahead. It's a thorough endorsement from us. So next week. Next week, yes. Well, uh, there is of course always the lost episode of Half Life. We could revisit Half Life. We could revisit Half Life. Yeah. It is a classic, and we did mean to talk about it. If it weren't for the gods of fate and radiation... Oh, God, then that room damaged me so badly. Then we would have already discussed it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, let's talk about Half-Life. Next week. Next week, Half-Life. Half-Life. Until then... I'm Simon. And I'm Jack. And hopefully after then, he'll be Simon and I'll be Jack. But However, this will always be World 1, Stage 1. <laughs>